0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Law Socks Legal Loops. I'm your host, Tabang Royds, better known as Tiddy Bang, in the mean streets of the Student Union. You know what it do, you know what it does. Apologies to all those who've been waiting for us to release a new podcast. I hope you're all keeping safe wherever you are during this time. I hope everyone, including all the dirty pigs out there, are washing their hands and keeping sanitized. In light of the COVID-19 restrictions, we are recording a part of this podcast over Zoom. And now, onto our topic for today mental health. We have James Johnson alongside us here from student support. Welcome. Hello. I just have a couple questions before we actually get into the whole podcast. Could you please explain exactly what your role is in the law school?
1: Yeah so student support officer is my role essentially. Um, it's like a multitude of dynamics really that focuses on a student's journey um, so much so that I, it's my role. I, I think I see myself as kind of helping a student explore through the system and processes of um, of everything really and, and your support and the navigation and and then so much so that they don't see the wiring and that what, how that all happens. So I make it all happen for them and it seems natural for them to you know to go forth to utilize support and, and you know succeed really. It's and that sort of support ranges from disability support, um, mental health support, pastoral support, you know, or even personal support on the line of being there when they need to chat
0: yeah so it's, it kind of extends more from just being a law school type thing to being something about life
1: yeah yeah it it i mean it does in the context of the law school it you know it, it very much fits into yeah. the law school's processes for the modules and the ways in which i think both degree programs want to operate but but essentially yeah it's looking at you know student life in general and, and yeah. how i be that beneficiary to all that really
0: now could you give a brief introduction to what mental health actually is and why why do you feel it's important and important to a student especially
1: sure yeah well i mean mental health really is it's like an integral part of health isn't it you know yeah Um, you know there's no there's no health without mental health um and mental health in general is determined by a range of socio-economical biological and environmental factors you know put all those together within a university context or university setting you know, students are up against lots of different things: pressure, demand, uh, change. You know, having to deal with pandemics, and, and I think, yeah, I think with you know, mental health basically exists as a point really to sort of mark or measure a student's stability, uh, yeah. how they go through their own journey. And it's important, obviously, because it's it's becoming more and more of a thing. I think in in life, and it's become more and more of a either a challenge or something that you know is, is stepping in front of someone for the first time and certainly universities are trying to do as much as they can to support that.
0: Um, And then what influenced you to become a counsellor? Tell us a little bit about your experience. So after after I've graduated
1: from Leeds I went into a job I think it was just sort of just around about just before the recession so it was basically you know taking what job you can. (laughs) I've got quite a good job working for an accountancy professional body Encouraging students to become accountants, so my yeah. role even though I'd, I know nothing about accountancy and didn't study accountancy <laughs> at all, uh, my role was to go into universities promote accountancy and talk to them about the, the sort of features and benefits of a professional qualification but I found from that point of doing that there was more than just selling and marketing yeah. it was actually you know when I was talking to students I was getting really I was getting really into, involved into their own sort of personal values of of why they, what they want to do after university and what the skills they want to have and, and what's on their mind at the time. Mm. Um, and So that really interests me. I, I found myself being quite good at that. So I did it for about seven years and succeeded to the point where I, I then decided I wanted to go into education, with either in a support-related role, support role or career-related role, or even to teach. Shortly after that, I joined a, um, an international study centre and became a personal tutor to international students for well-being and pastoral support. Which was really interesting because you know I was dealing with a wide range of different cultures and students that had just set foot in England for the first time. They were completely bewildered by culture in general. Yeah and then shortly after that I started applying for jobs again at universities and, and, and found this one in Leeds. Fortunately got it in the School of Law and within that time I qualified to be a counsellor which was great really. It's, it's kind of been a fascinating journey along and every every week or month is different. <laughs>
0: So it wasn't really like one day you, you woke up and you were like, cool, I'm going to be a student counsellor. It was like a massive journey.
1: I think the best approach is to sort of fall into it and gradually navigate yourself into mm. um, a role of thinking, do you really, you know, how much do you really value this? And I think the older I've become, the more, the better counsellor I am.
0: <laughs> Just moving on, uh, we conducted a mental health survey within the law school. Um, it was mostly first years we actually answered it, but we'd like to go through some of the questions with you and just interpret uh, the results, asking you even more questions on those questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, it's quite, quite an interesting survey you did there. <laughs> Thank you. So the first question was Have you dealt with any mental health issues in the past before you joined the law school? And the majority of the people actually answered no. So, um, in light of this, do you often encounter students who develop struggles? during university time like examples in their first term I mean you mentioned like there's a lot of stuff that comes with just going to university the change the social change as well
1: yeah yeah I, I do I mean uh, as I've done this role you know more now as I've got, I've got become more aware of this role I've, I've tried to be more proactive in sourcing you know mental health issues and mental health difficulties in students from when they first set foot in the law school and, and yeah. even in the first couple of weeks you know and, and try to adopt a way of let them understand that support is there for difficulties and helping them with a strategy or helping them with a way in which they can become more familiar with their mental health and how it reacts to a degree. So in that sense, you know, because the university very much treats mental health as as a disability now, yeah. you know, mental health, under the Mental Health Act and the Disability Act, mental health is, you know, we should be providing reasonable adjustments and support to a student has a diagnosis of mental health. So, I, you know, I see that as a, as a benefit in in every way possible to, you know, provide a backbone of support to a student that is totally unaware of how mental health difficulties can impact on their degree. I think with first years, it's it's almost important to kind of let them understand that support is there and try and adopt this way of saying, you know, you can come and speak to us when you feel you need to. But in actual fact, it'd be really good to speak to us early on, you know, because we, we know that as time goes by, as the nature of your degree develops, the demand becomes greater. And so we'd rather, you know, we'd rather help them from an early on to take the responsibility and feel that they can
0: naturally make use of support as as they see. They can just naturally and comfortably come to you guys as well, just for anything. I suppose it's always, it's kind of difficult because as a first year, you're coming into so much change and so much is happening at the same time. It's like, you don't really have time to think about, oh, what am I doing like personally? So I think, yeah, I think the law school has done very well in terms of um, telling people that you guys are there and you should be comfortable coming to you guys. So I really want to thank you for that as well.
1: No, I mean, well, I mean, thank me, but also, you know, thank Alistair and, and the rest of the people yeah. that sort of really facilitate this community because that's another reason why I, you know, I really subscribe to that community that we talk about. Um, you know, ideally, I, I want to be in a community at law school where students can feel open and free to talk about their mental health difficulties mm-hmm. from a perspective of, you know, this is what's bothering me and how has this support been for you? What have you done? to try and adopt with that. And, um, and that, and that's, you know, it's much better than um, having kind of disclosed conversation behind four walls all the time, you know? And, yeah. cause that's, that's, that's how we can deal with mental health and the best way is, is treating it in the open. So it becomes more inclusive and, and yeah. equal.
0: Um, so just moving on to the next question, we asked um, if any of the students coming into the law school have become more concerned about their mental health, for example, do they feel more stressed, anxious, or emotional? And about 67% answered yes. So my question is, do you think this is because students have become more aware of mental health concerns whilst being at university? Um, In other words, do you think it's more an issue of education or lack thereof in secondary schooling?
1: Um, I think there's there's two accounts there that you mentioned. I think one is that, you know, mental health is, is becoming more and more of a narrative now for what's happening with lives. You know, certainly when I was at school. If you had a mental health condition, you you, you were deemed as mental, which has moved on a lot since then. Right? Yeah, and I think now, I think yes, there's, there's there's a way in which you can say students are more familiar with mental health, but whether that's you know hitting home with them, whether that's kind of giving them the chance to understand their mental health difficulties, is is still I think it's still need to do a lot of work on that to, to to see you know what's what's triggering it. But I think in general, I think it's the pressure of the course. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the, the way in which, you know, the law school, as much as it's a great community, it pushes for great success. But, um, National student survey results year upon year. Um, you know, we compete against many other the schools. Uh, and then on that sense, you know, employers target the school law firms in particular to, to recruit the best students. So a student can feel a lot of pressure in making sure they succeed uh, across their degree. And, you know, during assessment periods in particular, you you notice where students can quite easily buckle if they've not had a chance to talk about you know, their, their difficulties prior to that.
0: Um, and just a further question, how significant then is education about mental health?
1: Yeah, very, very, I think. I think I, I wouldn't be working within an educational context or educational setting mm. if, uh, dealing with mental health for that reason, really. And, uh, because I think we do a lot to really address it and to make someone feel familiar and okay with themselves. And certainly more than an employer do, would do, and even a voluntary organisation would do. You know, we, we really put a lot into that. And I think education has a lot to offer towards, you know, students that have difficulties in general, from, from those from different backgrounds and those from different cultures, those that have just come across mental health for the first time. Really try and let them feel comfortable. But naturally, there's always more we can do, you know, because there's new difficulties arising mm. year upon year, really. Uh, we've got a wide range of different mental health conditions within the school for students. Yeah, It's fascinating, but it's also, it's, it's also could be concerning to think how, how, can, we, how can we eventually you know, yeah. address the whole.
0: You're saying that students are kind of sitting there like, wow, this mental health thing is pretty serious. Now I'm concerned about my mental health because of the education or because, yeah, what, why would they be coming now in university to be like, okay, this is a serious thing?
1: yeah yeah i think we make it really transparent that you know yeah. mental health support is available and they can come and talk to us about it um we, we probably could do more in my view of, of you know more mental health screening really and, and yeah. when students get to the law school and, and almost go to the be quite intelligent and exp- an expert in, in saying that you know if you have anxiety then this could lead to this as, as you yeah. draw upon different assessment periods and we could do more to kind of give them an, an idea of how mental health can impact on them before they've actually yeah. experienced it themselves but that's maybe a bit further down the line. I, I think naturally you, you will get students that will get to education for the first time stepping away from school dealing with independence being away from home and all of a sudden that level of responsibility is, is slightly withdrawn from them um, you know they, they don't have to attend class
0: they they don't have to interact um yeah the onus at. is definitely more on you than in high school yeah yeah so, like, exactly to classes to yeah to be attentive everything
1: yeah and then unfortunately when it gets to the point where they've missed a deadline or or you know not unfortunately but yeah, to the point where <laughs> they've been unlucky it, it then all comes down on them that you know the, the, the realization mm-hmm. they found it so hard and, and mental health has struck them then
0: uh so moving answers. to the next question we asked do you feel stressed uh, during exam time normal term time or is it a constant feeling of stress and it was quite even in terms of um, exam time and a constant feeling of stress and normal time was definitely the lowest so you mentioned earlier that is quite a demanding course so mm. do you see students needing more help during exam time or around deadlines for example, third years in for their dissertations
1: mm. i think yeah I, I think they need more help during the build up to assessments so they can prepare mentally for, for the expectation mm. of you know, what they're gonna to have to manage, particularly in the final year. And, and as we are now, crunch time for a lot of final year students. You know, I, my, my kind of way of working is that I try and speak to final year students, make a point of speaking to all the students that are registered with a disability. When they get to the final year, I speak to them at the start of the year and, and talk to them about what they can expect as, as the demand increases. and you know, And try to have a chat with them about what they're gonna how workload will, will come up and what they're gonna to have to manage in the in the demand of the course. You know, for instance, when they get to this point of the year, they're gonna have several deadlines overlapping and a dissertation and exams to yeah. juggle. What's triggering, you know, by by saying that, what's triggering their mental health? And understandably it'll be the thought of pressure, the thought of having to succeed, the thought of having to manage across such mm. a short period. And and so then we then I say things like, you know, how about extensions? How can I have more time? If we if we, if we can free up the time that you have to focus more on the assessments, is that going to help? And, um, and and yeah, and that and that's that's one way I try to be proactive. Really, um, mm. where we can kind of, in a way, nip things in the bud before it gets more serious further down the line.
0: Mm. So, keeping with student confidentiality, do you yeah. feel that students often come into your office with mental health struggles due to the demanding nature of the course, or do they come in because of prior mental health struggles that have been intensified by the demanding nature of the course?
1: yeah I think I think it's both to be honest to it, I w- it wouldn't be it wouldn 't be one over the other so because a good of the mix course of both of them yeah, it's, a, it's a good mix definitely um, because of the course, like I said before the the struggles that they find uh, the, the the sort of pressures that, mm. the responsibility that 's deemed on them they, they sometimes everything just breaks and they 've got to come and talk about it other times they 'll come and they 've been dealing with a mental health condition for a number of years prior to university um, mm. and they, you know they need to talk about it now in terms of how it 's um, antagonising them again or what's impacting yeah. on them. The type of student differs really. I mean, The, the, the traditional root student is, is probably going to find themselves coming to speak to me further down the line, whereas the, the student that's had difficulties prior to university, you know, struggled with exams or had, had periods of where they've, they're coming, they're, they're a mature student, for instance, they're probably a bit more easy to talk about it. The aim is to kind of identify triggers, you know, that they can yeah. kind of talk about and we can work with.
0: So our next question was about do students feel that the student support within the law school is easily accessible? And about 56% answered no. But people did say that accessibility has improved through events and regular emails and you guys coming to talk to us during lectures. However, participants feel that the visibility and the stigma around going to get help is still an issue, is still a big issue within both the law school and in general life. So how could, you, how could we address that stigma?
1: I think we need to talk about it more. We need to talk mm-hmm. about what are the stigmas and what, you know, what are the difficulties, the preconceptions of having a stigma in the first place. And we can, we can do more talking about it in classes as well rather than just with, through one-to-one conversations. And you know, more peer support, which I you know, managed to set up this year, with, or last year with Amanda Keeling, our Disability Peer Support Network. students Mm -hmm. just coming together chat really and things like that where they where they can feel that you know they understand that support is always accessible but it doesn't have to be the last minute when they come and have to talk about it or or i think a lot of students also think that having to reach out during a busy assessment period they're not going to get a response quick enough because everyone else is trying to do the same thing and it's not always the case but understandably you you know there's there's (laughs) there's a lot of students Mm -hmm. in the law school so we have to try and meet the needs of all of them in, in some way shape or form
0: so it's more just about communication amongst all of us um talking about these issues um because i know personally a lot of my friends from back home and here actually where they've come to me and been like "I'm going into this whole deep thing and i'm like Should "You go speak to someone like yeah then it's just as soon as i mentioned going to speak to someone it's kind of like oh no like i can't do that type thing so i think My next question is how can we personally help with that? Yeah, I I think I think we can really communicate the transparent messages there of you Mm. you can
1: talk you can talk to anyone within the law school about your difficulties at some point that you may be referred to student support or such as me, but everything will be treated confidential. You know, everything everything you talk Mm. about will not be shared unless you want it to be. But in some respect, you know, to have it shared in a confidential basis with other staff and people around the law school, is, is a way in which we can provide combined support to a student. So, so I'll give you an example. I mean, a student comes to yeah. talk to me about difficulties they're having in a seminar and, and not being able to engage, feeling really anxious because they can't interact and, and yet, yet they're scared about being picked on from a tutor. So the, if they come and talk to me about that, we can talk about the, the difficulties and support available and I can then communicate with the tutors and explain what the student's going through. And that tutor can, can then make it easier and more inclusive for that student within the teaching activity to engage and feel that, yeah. you know, that part is just as valuable as any others. Yeah, we can get that message across that, you know, that that room is always open and there's always a space to have those conversations
0: with no judgment and no bias. And It's important to mention the next question of the survey, that an overwhelming amount of people who took the survey actually felt way more comfortable talking to student support in the law school than in the union and the university as a whole. So I'd just like to give you a a virtual handshake there for that one. So I feel like that's more of people feeling more comfortable to talk to people like them in the sense that it's I'm doing law and I can go speak to the student support or do you feel the university as a whole has to do better and so that students can feel comfortable to go speak to them regardless of the faculty or school they're in
1: yeah i you know i don't want to sound biased but i think the school (laughs) generally you know pioneers a lot in student support across the faculty and also in comparison to other schools and you know we get really good feedback about student support in general and we actually you know we we, we deliver training sessions to other student support officers or we hold conferences and ways in which we can you know how they can learn from us that's brilliant it's brilliant to be part of that I also would like to be on the other end and you know, be up for a challenge in how we can get to that level of the School of Law. But as a university-wide issue, I mean, I, I, know, I think the Gryphon published a, an article about mental health a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It painted quite a negative picture as to what support is available, which is disappointing. But I, you know, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a way in which we ask the students what support they want for their mental health. Yeah. You know, so and again, talk.
0: that's kind of hard because... You ask what type of support they want and then no one really wants to say anything because there's still that thing around going to talk to someone. So yeah, it's quite a difficult yeah. situation to be in. Yeah. And it comes down to that confidentiality, but promoting
1: it mm. in a way that, you know, you should, you should feel okay to talk.
0: Uh, so moving on to the next question we asked, what do you find stressful in general? People said working a part-time job on top of university, balancing a social life and university work, figuring out um, my future, exams and keeping up to date um, with seminars and dissertations so do you have any advice on how to balance university deadlines and a social life because I feel like that's the main thing that students are struggling with
1: yeah I, I mean I think there's, there's got to be a point where I think responsibility and diligence has to kick in and you know you, yeah. one, one thing steps over the other like in, in a crunch deadline period like now you know it, it's really beneficial to say to yourself you know, I'm happy to not have much of a social life and get through what I've got to get through because yeah, the celebration cool. at the end of it will be
0: far more much greater. greater. Um, it's, it's doing the complicity seminar as opposed to going for a bit with the boys.
1: Yeah. And it's hard because I remember in my final year, I, you know, I started university at the age of 20. So I was, I was a bit, I felt a bit mature compared to other 18 year olds. He's still very young. And I, I, I did, you know, I sort of knuckled down in my first and second year and rarely went out and did anything. And I got to my final year and I was like, oh, missed out on all of this now was, There was there's things that sort of told me at the time actually you know if, if you don't yeah if you if, if you don't actually sort of continue concentrating as you are then you know you might end up messing up your degree so there's a lot of messages there that can provide some positivity in, in choosing to have a balanced sort of social life really and have some commitment certainly
0: towards your degree in your final year and then on to the final question on the survey do you feel mental health in the law school is addressed enough And 60% of the people actually said yes uh, due to events and it being addressed. So again, I think you guys are having a very positive impact on how mental Mm. health is definitely viewed by people Mm. in the law school. So just another question would be, we spoke about earlier, but what stigma, if you, if you do see any in the law school, in the university or in society as a whole is towards mental health. I think the biggest stigma is the cultural differences, climates of,
1: Asian countries and um, the Middle East and, and, you know, and China and just to name a few really where students aren't, you know, they're, they're coming from a background where mental health isn't dealt with or addressed mm. support perspective as it is in the UK or, or parts mm. of Europe. You know, Malaysia, for instance, is that they snub mental health completely, uh, which is really sad because when the Malaysian students come over here and they, you know, come clean with the mental health condition they've been dealing with for a number of years, it, it just mm. all there's all this big difference they've got to talk they've got to be confidential to talk about it and then they've got to because they can't go back home and talk about it with their parents um Mm. and I think that's the hardest thing I think we you know it's it's almost like the university on the whole could really sell mental health support um internationally from a perspective of this you know it's all part of your student journey because I find that I find that, that that's to me that's I find that really difficult is you can go through three years with a student that I'm very aware has a mental health condition, but doesn't decide to commit to a level of support or a disability referral until the final, to the final curtain.
0: And then our final question. Uh, We know everyone deals with their mental health differently, but could you provide a basic guideline one could use if anyone is dealing with a struggle or concern?
1: Yeah, I, um, I think right, right now, I think try to try to avoid the wider sense of the media social media okay. that can create you know a negative or can fuel negative feelings about you know yourself and and mm. in general and focus on things that's important to you for a student right now uh, the things that they value the most about their degree the reasons they love it the most and the reasons they love mm. leads the most are the, the things that should counteract anything else that's affecting them obviously you know we can't control some situations but the best thing is to is to to feel that you can talk to someone about the difficulties that you're going through yeah. Um avoid thinking things that are making you feel down or negative about certain things mm. avoid them cut them off
0: so i think it's also it goes back to that responsibility that you were speaking about that yeah. it's it's your mental health so you need to be the one who's like let me get up you know make it right or let me go speak to someone you can give them as much advice as possible but at the end of the day you have to make the decision yourself to be like yeah. i need to act on this
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you deal with your mental health, feel responsible to talk about it because it's it's something that's going to can be turned around as a, as a positive. Another concern within the law school for me with mental health stigma is is the way that students compare themselves to each other. You know, don't compare your mental health to others because diagnostically it's always going to be different, um, even if it sounds the same. And
0: mm. there
1: is a sense of the, the imposter syndrome sort of runs below the lines for those students that don't feel they're fitting when in actual fact, you know,
0: they're at Leeds at the law school they fit in very much thank you very much james for participating in our podcast that is the final question but yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity it's been thank really you very much. great great uh, yeah. hopefully this will actually help with that stigma that we were talking about as well the next part of our podcast is with bella troy williamson where we interview her about her personal mental health journey our next guest we have in front of us bella troy williamson a third year law student at University of leeds here to talk about her experiences with mental health.
2: Hi, so I'm Bella Troy Williamson. I am officially diagnosed with depression, anxiety and PTSD. I was diagnosed officially with these issues mid-second year, however they've been ongoing themes in my life due to a series of traumas that I suffered whilst I was undertaking my GCSEs. I experienced a close family member attempting suicide and I've also been uh, sexually assaulted a number of times. Up until second year, I really didn't think that my mental health was that bad or that it affected my day-to-day life, really. Um, I'd always been quite focused on my my grades and used them as a coping mechanism rather than actually dealing with the underlying issues. Um, However, mid-second year, I had a mental breakdown and realised quite quickly how bad my health actually was. Since then, I've been regularly taking antidepressants and I've recently started therapy with the Leeds IAPs team. Um, I did have to wait quite a while to get an appointment with them. However, they are helping me and I'm now uh, undergoing cognitive behavioural therapy to sort of deal with all the trauma there.
0: Uh, Before we get into the questions, can I just say thank you so much for sharing your story. And for going into such detail, I mean, that must have taken a lot. And so, thank you very much so we can expose this to everybody. It's going to be very important. Uh, So, the first question is How do you think mental health is viewed in modern society?
2: So, I personally feel like there is more of an acceptance of mental health conditions and stuff, especially these days in comparison to when I was like 16 and really struggling with Mm. the sort of traumatic experiences i have been through i think there's been a number of like celebrity suicides and stuff that have really drawn attention to like wider issues however generally although i think there's an acceptance of people who have mental health conditions there's still a lot of stigma and negative views around how the symptoms of mental health issues are perceived i think we tend to not really care or invest in people who are struggling until they are suicidal and if someone is struggling with mental health conditions that have undesirable symptoms you know like lack of sex drive constant exhaustion inability to do things like clean or go to uni or even just text people back or have a shower or something mm. like we, we still sort of view those things quite negatively and do have quite a judgmental view and um, so I think Although we are more accepting of people with mental health conditions, I do think we still have a long way to go in terms of destigmatizing like the actual symptoms and the actual reality of mental health. Like for example, you see a lot of people who on like Twitter and stuff who complain about like housemates who don't do their dishes or have a messy yeah. room or take a lot of naps. And like, yeah, on one hand, these things can be really irritating and can just be like bad habits but they can also be the result of someone like physically not having the energy to do something. And we tend to sort of look at the negative consequences of these things without really considering, you know, why can someone not wash a bowl? Why are they that exhausted? Like, do they need some actual help? And I do also think there is a little bit of stigma still around who can be affected by mental health conditions. For example, my experience with having PTSD, there is still quite a widespread belief that the only people who are affected by PTSD are veterans, for example. Yeah, yeah I'm in quite a privileged position. You know, I'm a white female in a high ranked university, but yeah. I do still struggle with quite intense trauma on a really daily basis. And there's not as much recognition of the fact that not every person who has a mental health condition will fit the stereotype of who is supposed to have that condition.
0: Okay. Yeah, you see it with, like, especially people who are diagnosed with fatigue as yeah. well. Like, you're speaking about people not physically being able to do stuff. I mean, most of my friends actually have been diagnosed with fatigue as well. And the amount of people that come up and they're like, nah, that's not, like, a real thing. Yeah, and, and it's the same also, with like,
2: personality disorders and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: especially that. The stigma around that definitely mm. needs to change. Because it's definitely not where it needs to be in society today.
2: Yeah, 100%.
0: Especially with the PTSD as well. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, even when I came in here and I saw this, reading this now, I was like, yeah, PTSD is usually associated. The first thing was like, okay, actually yeah. been in the war? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I agree with you. I, did, mm. I do think we have a long way to go in terms of mental health. But it has been a lot better
2: agreed i think yeah. it is definitely a lot better with like the typical mental health conditions you know yeah. like depression and anxiety whereas ones like ptsd or chronic fatigue or dissociative like identity disorders yeah. or personality disorders some people don't even know what they are yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're quite significant and do have a real impact on people mm. so i do think we need to progress in terms of accepting other Health issues, rather mm. than I don't want to say just depression and just anxiety, but yeah. they are the most commonly talked about.
0: I suppose and that that just comes with um, education. Yeah, you know what I mean, so now um, what I want to ask is, do you see the stigma reflected in the law school or the university as a whole?
2: I wouldn't necessarily say like they reflect this any stigma like as institutions, but I do think mm. a lot of the issue with stigmas around mental health is the fact that people as we sort of said have their own set beliefs on what a mental health condition looks like and when someone presents like undesirable or uncommon symptoms or is dealing with a mental health condition that isn't considered typical people often don't understand that and that does cause stigma i think generally across university there is recognition of the fact that a lot of us students are struggling and we know that mental health issues are very prevalent in students however I do think there is some stigma around talking about it openly especially within the law school Um, like we compete with each other quite a lot and that might just be the nature of the course but I think if in first year for example if I'd missed a seminar because I was physically unable to get out of bed I would have put that down to physical illness rather than being mentally ill, just because, you know...
0: It It seems a bit more physical. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And I don't think there's any real discussion or any real recognition of the fact, or, like, of how difficult it is to be doing a degree whilst really struggling mentally. Mm. Like, yeah, we're told to talk to student support and things, but the the guidance given is quite ineffective. For example, they offer four counselling sessions maximum. Mm. And when you're dealing with PTSD and depression and anxiety, yeah, like four four, four hours of therapy (laughs) isn't even really gonna scratch the surface. I think it would take me four hours to probably describe everything that had happened (laughs) to make me mentally ill. Um, And I think, so on top of like, the support not really being adequate as a collective the student body doesn't really seem to have the willingness to sort of share our experience and be like I feel like this and it's awful <laughs> but I do this and that helps me there's not really like a network of students who are willing to talk about it and help other people um because everyone's quite seems like everyone's sort of in their bubble mm.
0: do you feel like if I could change the question a bit do yeah, you feel sure. like the university serves as like a microcosm of society as a whole? Or do you feel like the university is doing a bit better than society surrounding it?
2: I think, I mean, I think that's quite a hard question. I think I almost think it would be the same sort of in the working world. Like, yeah, we recognise you have a mental health condition. There's this support network in place. But I do think we're still at a point in time where the support networks are aren't sufficient Mm. and aren't enough and don't like I mean obviously the NHS is massively underfunded counseling services are hugely underfunded and being cut and restricted and it's just I see sort of people close to me not being able to access support and they're not at university Mm. um so although there is like specific issues within university of like students not talking to each other or not necessarily wanting to say they've got mental illness for whatever reasons i do think it is like a broader society wide problem as well Mm. Uh,
0: so then what type of mental health climate do you see within the law school and particularly like within your year
2: um so i think there is a recognition of the fact that a lot of us are struggling with our mental health i mean we're like i'm in third year so it's dissertation season um You know i mean there was a lot of recognition of it last year actually as well of second year because the workload is just astronomical yeah. and i would say that there is a sort of general consensus that struggling mentally is like normal mm. and i do think there's a view that it's sort of a product of the degree and mm. almost proof that you're actually working hard enough like mm. if you're chronically exhausted well done because you did a lot of work you know and i think from my experience the the environment of the law school can be quite toxic you know like i feel a lot of guilt if i take say a day off because i've had a really like traumatic nightmare or something because it feels like i'm not working hard enough because someone else is you know says i feel like this but they're Mm. still working and i do think we do in the law school, I do think there's a lot of like comparisons. Like, I mean, you see it on LinkedIn and stuff, like if someone gets a training contract and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, but then at the, in the inside, you're like, why haven't I got one? Yeah. You know, like, Where's mine? although we do recognize that we're all under pressure and sort of struggling, I do think there's sort of an attitude of, this is just part of the degree, you've just got to get on with it, that is quite difficult to deal with.
0: Mm. So you've spoken about the, or well, we've spoken about the lack of education. Mm Um, we're talking about the support hours but you've also said that there's been more recognition in second year and in this year as well Mm. um so then do you feel that mental health is addressed enough
2: yes and no so yes in the sense that um you know in the light of sort of celebrity suicides and other quite public stories about mental health services and failings of mental health services um mental health is talked about on social media or it's in the news however i think it's not addressed enough in terms of like the focus of the way it is discussed it's sort of wrong so like we only talk about it openly when somebody famous dies yeah. and we do we do tend to overlook the people in our like personal lives who are struggling on a day-to-day basis you do see a lot of people preaching on social media in, like, the immediate aftermath of someone dying, like, you know, Mm. be kind. And um, especially, you know, with the recent death of Caroline Flack, for example. However, this message is not necessarily applied to real life. In a way, we're all pretty aware of anxiety and depression and, you know, eating disorders, perhaps, and Mm. PTSD also a little bit more. But we do put each mental health issue sort of in a box and you don't address the things that sort of are outside of the box you look at the sort of the typical presentation of it and there's not enough recognition for the people who are dealing with like the non-typical disorders again so you hardly see anyone talking about having like bipolar or borderline personality disorder or OCD even and there's a lot of um, problematic assumptions around things like OCD as well that are really yeah. debilitating you know I was in a relationship with someone who had quite severe OCD and the impact of that on their daily life was like awful mm. so on one hand yeah we we do address mental health because we do we are talking about it more but on the other hand, I don't think we're addressing it enough. There's still a long way to go before we're mm. supporting everyone.
0: Where do you see it going forward though? And how could it be improved in any aspects already like address like the student support hours, yeah. student support services? Um what could they do?
2: So I think education for one. Um I think Yeah then needs to be resources that people can access about the different mental health conditions and the different support networks that are available i do really think that the provision of therapy needs to be improved for one hour sessions Mm. like when you refer yourself to the university services and it take it like it's a long process it's not quick and that's just not that's not enough like sitting and doing like a referral of someone and talking to someone only to then be told that they can only give you four hours of support mm. it's just it's a waste of people's time and the it universe also stunts
0: that like progression i mean if you think like you only have the four hours you're not going to yeah. open up
2: and i think the university needs to work with local mental health services and mm. i do think that the university has the money to invest in yeah. really stepping up counseling services and i do mm. think that is incredibly important given how many of us like are mentally ill and sort of alongside that i think we do need to be more open about how we're like sort of doing mentally rather than just sort of seeing it as like a product of what's going on Um, i think
0: that comes from when we do have the education yeah when we do have the support hours that's gonna come with all of that so i think the onus is now on the university yeah on society as well to kind of improve that for us yeah
2: I think we need to sort of really sort of foster an environment where it is okay to say, this happened to me, I suffer with this, it affects my life in this way, and what, like, what support is out there, and also who else is dealing with the same sort of thing? Because I personally don't know anyone else who deals with PTSD on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think if I'd had someone who openly spoke about it and said this is what I'm dealing with then I perhaps would have recognized that I had it in the first place a lot yeah. sooner you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. it took a full-scale like mental breakdown for me to go oh maybe I'm maybe not something. right yeah. and I do think that is that comes with education um and openness which is sort of why I'm, I'm like willing to talk about it and stuff because mm-hmm. I do think you know the is on everyone to talk about mm-hmm. it a bit more and it's not just enough to talk about it when someone famous dies or when yeah. someone's like suicidal because, yeah, that's awful, but that's the end point. Yeah. Like, there's a lot building up to there. That. Yeah. yeah. If you were to give advice or kind of give a message to first years mm. that are struggling through it or they're worried about going to university because of like the struggles that they yeah. face. What would you say to them? Because I know a lot of my friends, they were very worried because they got a lot of help in school, but they mm. weren't sure how that would transfer to university. Yeah. So um, what would you say? I think it, it's quite hard for me to talk from like my, my own personal experience yeah. in that because I was adamant that I was completely OK. Yeah. But in terms of like my sister who deals with very 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 serious depression um she's just turned 18 so she's just been discharged from the child mental health services so she's now has no therapy available to her nothing and i do think it's terrifying it's quite scary coming to university alone is scary enough without then having to be like Am I going to have the energy to make myself food? Am I going to be able to get out of bed? Am I going to be able to do all these social things? And in first year, you know, like, I didn't go to any of the socials. I didn't go out. I didn't speak to people because I was, like, terrified. <laughs> but through progressing with, through the years, you, you do become sort of more comfortable with yourself. University is always going to be difficult, and it is more difficult when you're struggling really badly with your mental health but in some ways struggling a little bit at first and realizing you're struggling and trying to be as open about it as possible is the best way to go about it, you know? um, Had I realized sooner what was actually going on and had I talked about it more and had I, instead of bottling it up and being like, oh no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, then i would have saved myself so much trouble like mm. last year because mental breakdowns aren't fun things <laughs> to deal with so i think like in terms of advice you really need to look at your own self and really reflect on how you're actually doing because you're moving from having a support network to not really having one so you really mm. need to sort of support yourself and find people who can give you that support you know, uh, talk to Nightline, student support officers, course ambassadors, you know, uh, like anyone you can and anyone you trust. And really, you do have to be more proactive, which is hard when you're depressed and you don't have the energy to be proactive. But that's sort of the only thing that will actually help because otherwise it gets to the point where you just can't deal with it.
0: I think um, we also kind of need to add that, like, university actually provided a lot more than what our parents yeah. would have had. Yeah. So I think I want to say that we are grateful for mm. what they have, but we're just saying that we recognise there's more room for
2: improvement. Yeah, I know? mean, the student support officers in the law school have yeah. been amazing in terms yeah. of helping me with like getting mitigating circumstances and finding out where to apply for therapy and and. You, like, the medication I take makes me yeah. exhausted. So there's been allowances in terms of, like, sem- missing seminars and stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. And they have been really accommodating. I just think in terms of, like, it will take a change in society yeah. in terms of recognising the importance of mental all these mental health. health issues for the university to change also. But yeah. I do think it's just, you know, putting more money into it and talking about it more that are the mm. main things um that need to happen yeah definitely
0: <laughs> perfect thank you so much for opening up definitely more than we could have asked for thank you everyone for listening we are so grateful that james and bella took part in our podcast hope you're all keeping safe and sanitized wherever you are if you need to talk or are struggling with any mental health concerns please 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 do not hesitate to email James Johnson at j.a.johnson at leeds.ac.uk.